0: As of this recording, I have just almost barely finished the top 100, which is actually the top 88 this year.
1: That actually sounds kind of cool. I like the number 88.
0: Hopefully most people know the top 100 is an annual list that is, you know, the, the best restaurants in the Bay Area, right? And a handful of the restaurants on the list closed since I filed it before. And, you know, maybe not permanently, but at least temporarily. So we decided not to replace them because they were still, you know, they they still should be recognized for their work. But at the same time, they're not necessarily places you can go to get the same kind of food that we liked. So they are on a separate list. Now the main list is top 88, which I think is, yeah, like you said, super interesting and also very lucky if you are Chinese. Which I like. Ah,
1: give me an idea. What what was this lift like?
0: So you know the metaphor of herding cats, right?
1: Mm, Where it's mm-hmm. very
0: difficult to get cats to move from one space to another. This is like herding fruit flies. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because getting information, because I already have the list of 100 restaurants, but then getting updated information for all of them with regards to their hours, their offerings. Are they doing outdoor dining? Are they not? Do they have a patio? Did they close the patio? What happened? Did they close because of COVID? All that stuff is just so much information to get. And also, it's just hard. It's really hard. Um, I am laying awake. Every night thinking about my eventual cancellation over this list so we'll see what happens i'm excited i hope that i don't get canceled but if i do i hope it's over something good we'll see
1: well soleil it was good working with you and now that we know this could be the this could be the end Hi, how's it going, people? This is the Extra Spicy Podcast. I am Justin Phillips.
0: And for this final episode, I am Solejo.
1: On this episode, we speak with chef and just known pit master, Matt Horn.
2: If no one ever comes to eat our barbecue, as long as we're doing what makes us happy in this life, then we're rich.
0: Of note, Matt Horn and his pop-up, Horn Barbecue, which is now becoming a brick and mortar restaurant, they are all on the top 88 at sfchronicle.com slash top restaurants
1: Ooh, yeah
0: he's such a good barbecue guy he's so good at what he does and based on the strength of the pop-ups he got on the list but as we talked about earlier because the top 88 was delayed to september we have coincided very poetically i think with the opening of his brick and mortar spot in oakland
1: and i'm a i'm a barbecue lover i'm a Southern dude who grew up on this stuff, who loves Texas-style barbecue, as Matt does in certain ways. And I'm not going to lie to you, like, the the pop-ups were worth the excruciating wait.
0: It was like three hours, right?
1: I've exceeded two hours out there for damn sure.
0: (laughs) But tell me why the barbecue is so good.
1: So there's this thing about barbecue where it's going to remind you of barbecue that you've had at other times. And... I would think about, you know, with Matt's barbecue, like having barbecue growing up when you're still figuring out what tastes good to you. Like as a kid, sweet things takes taste extra sweet. Sour stuff takes tastes extra sour. So like smoky barbecue tastes incredibly smoky. It's like this caricature of the real thing in your head. Eating Matt's barbecue reminded me of those flavors, especially this dude does brisket. The thing that stands out is the bark the kind of like the crust on the brisket is so picturesque and so perfect and has like this kind of a little bit of like a peppery bite to it and it's just gorgeous and then you know the meat has a really like a a smoke ring that you notice like this like pinkish kind of hue it was the first time that I've had barbecue at a place where I'm like man this is that cartoon childhood barbecue that I remember.
0: Awesome. We spoke to him shortly before he opened, and this interview is going up right after his first opening day. We hope that it went really well, but I'm sure it did. <laughs> True. So, for more on this barbecue and the mind of Matt Horn, Pitmaster, listen to this interview. You are like Matt Horn, the barbecue pit master with a giant beast of a machine named Lucille, right? I've heard of you.
2: Right. Yep.
0: And we are talking to you really right before your brick and mortar restaurant opens. How does that feel?
2: You know what? I have mixed emotions. It's just it's just been really like a long journey to get to this point. That love and that romance for barbecue and all things fire is, you know, kept me motivated and then also the support of the community my family friends loved ones that's just been keeping me going but it is surreal to be so close and you know you dream and think about it every day and then now it's getting ready to happen it's, it's awesome
0: <laughs> have you been sleeping well
2: no not at all <laughs> <laughs> not at all i've been told you know my usually, she's like, hey, you need to you need to go to sleep. You got to get some rest. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting up on the couch with the lights on, but if I'm laying in bed, it's just my eyes are wide open and I'm like going through the motions. You know, I, and I still do that. Even now, even after all this time, I'll still, you know, uh, visualize myself serving each and every customer and cutting the meats and everything. I still do that.
0: <laughs> it seems so wild to be opening a restaurant right now. Tell us about that.
2: You know what? We, me and my partners, we talk about this all the time. The importance of opening right now, but then also the responsibility um, that's being placed on us. We're in the midst of a global pandemic, racial reckoning. Uh, we were just dealing with bad air quality, fires that are devastating communities and homes and people being affected by so many different things. And you know what? It's a very challenging time right now to be opening up a restaurant. And then not, not to even, you know, the, to mention the, the closures, of restaurants which are you know really truly unfortunate but i was always taught by my grandparents and my, my mother and father always taught me like you start something to finish it so you know I, I go back and you know i had a little sit down kind of a little powwow with my wife and kids and i just told them you know i'm gonna follow through with this but no matter the circumstances you know if i have to run in a burning building to do what i have to do that's what i'm gonna do
1: as much as people know who you are, there's still like an air of mystery to you. So like a lot of people might project onto you what kind of barbecue they think you're doing or what your style might be. I would love to hear from you, man, so you could tell everyone what is barbecue to Madhorn.
2: I think aside from barbecue being this labor of love or this this great unifier, when I look at barbecue, I look at barbecue as a canvas of art that's never finished. Mm. I'm always trying to challenge myself just to see you know the direction that we can go, but then also how we can be innovative and to create something beautiful with the food that we're doing. Barbecue has many different facets. I mean, you have, you have the backyard guys that are you know on the flip-flops. And then you know you have craft barbecue where you have everybody kind of putting their own kind of touch on what their perspective is. But when I look at it uh, with what we're doing with horn barbecue, I am heavily influenced by Texas-style barbecue in a sense of, you know, the respect for the meats and letting the meats shine and that sort of thing. And just using really simple tools, but tools that we've been using for for centuries, which is wood that comes from the earth and fire and that sort of thing. But I think with Horn barbecue, we're looking to kind of redefine what it is that we're doing exactly. I mean, cause you know, with Texas style barbecue is really beef driven because of the location, but then you go down South and it's real pork heavy and real pork driven, but it's like on our menu, you know, we're smoking oxtails, we're going to be doing lamb and you know, just different things like that, barbacoa and it's kind of like this melting pot. It's kind of like the Bay area. We want to create something that is a reflection of where we are here in the Bay Area, but then also my perspective of where I like to take barbecue. And I feel like every day that's becoming clearer and clearer to me.
1: Can you talk about like the the early days? What's something that you would cook like regular, regularly early on to figure out how wood burned, how moisture affected the meat? Like what's the thing that kind of launched Matt in this direction?
2: Earlier on, I was just doing, I was doing ribs a lot. I was doing spare ribs, really wasn't focusing on the trim.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was obsessed with just the cooking part of it. And uh, no, I was using charcoal. I was using charcoal and, you know, I was doing a direct fire style of, of spare rib. And I think the one day that it really changed for me was my grandmother's like, hey, your grandfather had a bunch of mesquite oak, you know, I mean, mesquite wood. that's in the shed. And I remember it's weird that, that that mesquite wood had been in there so long. I mean, it was bone dry. And she had told me, I was like, where is it at? And she was like, it's right over there in the shed. So I went and grabbed it and I put it directly um, on the coal. So, like, it was right under where the spare ribs were, right? And it was burnt. It was like burning the ribs. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, that's not going to work out. But it had a little firebox to the side, a little offset box. It was an offset cooker. And so, what I did was, I took the, the burning meat off, I cleared the charcoal, I put it inside of the offset box and then I put the mesquite in there and then I smoked the ribs and I noticed a totally different product at the end. And that was kind of like that aha moment for me. And you know, this thing didn't have like a thermometer or anything like that. I was using my hands and kind of touching it and real hands on, which I'm still that way now. But that was that moment for me that made me realize that, you know, through the alchemy of smoke and, you know, this fire and this, this seasoned mesquite, It really defined the character of my spare ribs and it gave me a totally different product. So I kind of went down that rabbit hole with that where, you know, I was using mesquite earlier on and then I kind of switched over to almond and then using white oak and that sort of thing and playing around with cherry and just different stuff like that. And um, that's where it did it for me. Once I realized that, you know, just cooking direct fire, that's not the only way. It's not the wrong way, but the way that was the kind of guiding light for me was to smoke the meats because that gave me um, the desired product that I had inv- a vision in my head. Because, you know, when we go into these cooks. Well, well, me, when I go into these cooks, I'm already thinking about the, the end product and what that's going to look like in terms of textures, colors, that sort of thing. That's how I judge my cooks. And I, and I, I base it off if of I'm able to achieve what I set out to do with each cook. I know that's weird. I know it's just barbecue. (laughs) That's my process.
0: Right. Your process sounds so intimate and Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, hands on. Is there anything you're worried about as you open your space and try to scale up a bit? Um, Is there anything you're worried about losing?
2: You know what? You do have thoughts where it's like, you know, the more more people that you bring into it, are they going to feel the same way that you feel about meat? Are they going to feel the same way that you feel about barbecue? And you have guys that are, you know, you have guys that are interested in barbecue or you'll have guys that are like, hey, you know what? I've been doing barbecue, and my dad does it, and my uncle, and that sort of thing. But with me, it's it, it goes a little bit deeper. And there's, and and here's the thing: it's not to knock these guys that are doing it in the because that's how I started. But um, you know, these kind of weekend warrior guys. But it's to me, it's more than just squirting lighter fluid and then getting it going and doing hot dogs and burgers and that sort of thing. You're right; it is a lot more intimate with me, and I want to pass that on to the to anybody that comes in to be a part of our family and our team. The importance of barbecue, the importance of the wood, the smoke, burning an oxygen rich smoke, um, the way we trim our meats and that sort of thing. Because if we do lose that, and if I do, uh, you know, if any of us loses that, it takes away from the character of Horn Barbecue. And I don't feel like um, anybody that's coming to Horn Barbecue and waiting to get our barbecue shouldn't be able to experience that love and that intimacy that goes in to the barbecue.
0: Right. So we're not going to see like a Horn Donald's anytime soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Horn Donald's. Matt you you always toss in the word family too and uh, one of the things that I found really interesting about your story that doesn't get a lot of light shed on it is it's been a really family oriented process for you like can you talk about that a little bit?
2: It was I mean it was definitely. I mean the earlier days of me doing this I was a I was a driver over at UPS and literally my days were I'm up at 5 a.m. Um, they brought me on seasonally. It wasn't like a long-term thing. It was just during the holidays. And they brought me on. I'd get on my truck. I'd go drop off my packages. And wasn't like, I'm like, Hey, I hate this job. It wasn't that I actually enjoy what I, what I did, but I literally went from, you know, being laid off there to trying to figure out what my next move was and me having that time at home, not working and cooking. I mean, it was simple stuff. I mean, it wasn't anything exciting or spectacular. I'm talking about spaghetti and pasta and that sort of thing, eggs and bacon, omelets, like just simple things like that, you know? And I found peace in, just the little details of just something so simple to prepare, like those things. So when I started making that drive from Los Angeles um, to the Central Valley, you know, it was a three and a half hour drive and I would just pop up at my grandmother's house. She'd be like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's going on, Granny? What do you got there? Oh, just some ribs. I'm just gonna go in the backyard. Okay, <laughs> and she'd be cool. She was cool with that, but you know, she saw earlier on that it wasn't just once or twice or a few times, it, this was an every weekend thing that I was making that drive from out there to use, you know, to use her the cookers that were in the backyard. And at that time, you know, because my, my grandfather had passed away, nobody was back there using them. So they were covered up. But I remember when I was younger that, you know, that was there. And my wife has been she's been supportive. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, I had people that laughed. I had people that um, pretty much was just like, wait, you're going to start doing barbecue. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know this may sound crazy to you guys, but I'm just being led in that direction. I'm just, I'm feeling like a pool and that pool was just that passion. But, you know, I've said this before and, you know, it's been written about, but when I lit that first fire, there was an obsession that took place. Mm. Not in a sense of wanting to burn things down or anything.
0: (laughs) Not like a pyro (laughs) sense.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Not not like a Drew Barrymore firestorm. (laughs) 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 Yeah. A respect for the fire right and what the fire is capable of and then using the fire as a tool working alongside the fire i know it's weird for me to say this but that's, when I, that, that's literally how I felt. I felt those emotions clear as day. And earlier on, you know, I'm telling my wife, like, hey, um, I think I'm going to just start a barbecue business. And she looked at me and she was just like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I'm gonna, we're going to start a barbecue business and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for this. And she looked at me and smiled and she said, you know what, I support you. And I said, I know you probably think I'm crazy. I know it's your first time hearing this. I said, but just trust me. I'm going to put my all into it and I'll make this thing work out. And it wasn't that earlier on, I knew that we would have long lines and do these different sold out pop-ups and go across the country doing what we do. But it was me just saying that Trust me, because I know that I'm not going to ever shortcut anything that I do and I'll never sacrifice the quality or the product or anything, anything we're doing because I knew that's how I was. I'm like very intricate with the small details and that translated well with barbecue. And the day I signed us up for the farmer's market and she didn't know, and literally we had a week to get all of our equipment. She was right there, ready to go. Like, what do you need help with? Because I was making the size. I was doing the desserts. I was shopping for the meat. And then I was staying up all night cooking the meat. And then I would go and set up. And she was just like, what can I do to to make your life easier so you're not killing yourself? So she started taking over doing the sides. And she's been supportive since day one.
0: Wow, that's a keeper. Mm -hmm. She has a job too, uh, apart from this.
2: The whole time she's been working full time. Just to kind of go back earlier on with what I was telling you guys, how people kind of thought I was crazy. Well, they didn't, they didn't kind of think I would, they thought it was crazy. It was the fact that she was pregnant, she was working full time, but then her, her husband is at home on a laptop with all these grand ideas and dreams about a barbecue um, (laughs) business that he's going to name after himself. People thought that that was crazy. And there was, you know, and, and people know how I am where it's like, when I do something, I go all the way in and I don't shortcut the quality of whatever I do. It's like anything that I put my hands on, I want it to be the absolute best. And there's people that were just kind of like, well, you know, you could have went into consulting or brand consulting or or get into real estate. I know you say you had interest in that and that sort of stuff. And they were just kind of shocked and kind of confused where barbecue came out of nowhere. I even had an old manager at a job. Who was just like, I've never heard Matt talk about food. And people were just like, well, this guy, he's never went to culinary school. Where did this come from? and it's the fire it's the love of barbecue It's bringing people together and people from all walks of life and all different perspectives and she literally was just there i mean and she worked full time and uh, i'm talking about like i'd have my my baby at home he's not a baby anymore he's you know he's he'll he'll be 5 in december but i would have him at home and i'd make a bottle and rock him to sleep and when he goes to sleep i'm outside lighting the grill i'm lighting the smoker up and cooking meats and I did extensive R and D those early days. I mean, I have notes and notes, and that's what I would do. And she would be at work, and she'd come home. And I'm like, hey, you know, I got dinner figured out, so you <laughs> worry about that. But she, she believed in me and trusted in me, man, and I'm grateful. That's awesome.
0: You're listening to the Extra Spicy Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. I'm Solejo, and we're back with Matt Horn, barbecue pitmaster. I came to the Bay Area fairly, you know, recently about a year ago, but I already knew of you as someone who for whom people would line up for hours to get your barbecue. I know it didn't start off that way. Can you tell us a little bit about how like what was it like when you first started offering your pop-ups and what was the tipping point to like how did you get from A to B?
2: Well, you know what? I reached out to a lot. It was you know One of those late nights, I'm just like, I'm going to reach out to all these breweries. And I'm like, hey, I'm Matt Horner for barbecue. We're looking to come and pop up at your place and that sort of thing. And a lot of people didn't respond. I mean, the one, maybe the one brewery that responded earlier on was in Oakland, which is L Industries. And they, they were just like, hey, come out. We'd love for you guys to set up. And we did, maybe 15 people, maybe 15 or 20 people came and I had been up all night. I was exhausted. I was excited. I had all these mixed emotions, kind of like the first day of school. You know, you lay your clothes all out on the <laughs> bed. And I'm like really excited, and so I get there, I put my apron on, and we do our orders and we go through service. And I didn't sell everything. And um, just to kind of, I don't want to. I don't want to bring back food to the house where you know my uh, my wife's parents are. Like, well, you guys didn't sell everything. <laughs> I, was just like, nah, I still want to serve people, so I go out to. Uh, I would go out to the parks or I'd go over to homeless shelters. I'm like, hey, can I set up a table and just serve food? And that's what I I, I would always do. But um, the next pop-up, you know, doubled. And uh, we had a blogger. She came out, you know, the comment area. People were like, hey, where can we find this or whatnot? And it started to grow from there. And then it got to a point where doing it at the breweries, you know, it just wasn't a large enough venue for us because it was so many people. So that's why we started doing it over at uh, Hangar One. We started doing it there as it started to grow to, you know, hundreds of people. But earlier days, it it wasn't like that. You know, I told my wife before we did the uh, farmer's market, I'm like, hey, you know, one day people are going to line up for our food and we're going to have sold out pop-ups. She's looking at me and she's just like, okay, I believe you, I trust you because she saw that passion for it. And it's just like, I had a vision for taking it to the next level, but nothing in life happens like that. You don't ever see the full staircase. You see the first step and we have a decision. Do we take the first step or do we turn away? But if we do take that first step, that first step is worth hundreds of thousands of miles. You get what I mean?
0: Yeah. I had
2: a decision I had to make where if I'm going to do this, I will not quit and I will follow through. And that was a promise that I made to myself first and foremost, but that was a commitment that I made to my wife. And I told her, if no one ever comes to eat our barbecue, um, as long as we're doing what makes us happy in this life, then we're rich. And I really meant that. As the pop-ups continued to grow, it was beautiful, and, and people here in the Bay Area from all over, you know, California, and people were flying in, and people were road tripping for the pop-ups, and we were grateful for that. But it wasn't always. It wasn't always great. And the reason why I say that is because you do have that element with anything in life where people, one, they don't understand why one guy is cutting all the meat. There's other people and you you get really nasty messages. You know, I've been threatened, literally threatened, racial slurs, all kinds of stuff because we sell out of meat or we sell out of beef ribs or why is the, the wait two hours, three hours, four hours, that sort of thing. And that all kind of goes back to who I am just as a person, as a chef, I don't want to sacrifice quality by uh, compromising like my method. So we don't have a microwave method. I don't pre-cut the meats. We're not reheating the meats. Everything. Anytime you come to Horn Barbecue, you're eating the freshest ingredient, and that's that's just how we do things. But even going through all that stuff, where you know this whole educational bit, we're like, hey, look, we're slicing all the meats to order yeah, it may take a little while, but yeah, you know, this is what we're doing. It's been great and I've been grateful for it. And it's, it's grown mm-hmm. in a way where my wife looked at me with tears in her eyes and she was just like, you know what? You did say that we would have lines one day and look at this. And that was one of the days where, you know, close to a thousand people showed up to hang One. Wow. Yeah. And that, that was maybe one of the first times ever that I kind of felt like, you know, kind of like that butterfly feeling in my stomach where I'm like, okay, this is a lot of people. And I'm grateful for all those people, everybody who wasn't happy, but still, I'm still humbled every day to be able just to go out and that people still enjoy what we do. At this
0: point, Justin and I wanted to hear all the details about your new place because we're so curious and we're so excited. Um, For listeners who might not have heard that you're opening a brick-and-mortar, can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect?
2: Well, you know, originally when we took over the space, it didn't have the character of horn barbecue. We had to go in and make that our own. And I had a very specific vision where even earlier on, like, you know, to go back to what I was saying in terms of cutting the meats for the customers, um, I had that interaction with um, each customer. And I was able to talk them through the meats or talk them through how to order and that sort of thing. And a lot of times people say, hey, you know, I'm from Texas or hey, I'm from here, from the South or from the East Coast. And I used to do this with my parents, my grandfather, this and that, you know, these different stories. And people were able to connect through barbecue. So that was always in the back of my mind where I wanted to create a space where we would be able to interact with people. But then also one of the things that have helped build our brand and um, grow it is the fact that we were able to visually let people into the process of making a product that is the foundation of who we are so with that being said when people come into the restaurant they will be able to see the product being made You'll be able to feel that love um, which ties everything together but then also you'll be able to interact with the cutter in terms of you know what cuts of meat you want and that sort of thing so the space i think a lot of people are going to be shocked i mean the restaurant that was there prior was there for a long time, and I feel like people that are in this area or that used to go to that spot, they're going to be really surprised when they go inside and see the space.
1: That's awesome. And so give us an idea of like The menu element too Like what can people expect to see You mentioned uh, the oxtails earlier But what's the Yeah, what's the rundown for the menu For people who might just be Tuning into this podcast
2: So We're we're, going to still be doing our brisket A brisket is something, man It makes you work for it We're going to be doing our brisket Our spare ribs Uh, We'll be doing um, a variety of sausages Hot links and everything like that We'll be doing turkey um, Smoked turkey Pulled pork We're doing whole hog every Saturday We're doing, you know beef ribs every Saturday um, we'll be doing the oxtails we'll be doing lamb and then there's some other things that we're working on that we want to kind of surprise people with that we're going to roll out on special so I mean you guys may come in one day and we're like hey this is the menu but hey on special we have something totally different and I think that's the thing where mm-hmm. kind of go back to earlier what you were saying in terms of culture and history and paying respect to those that come before me I mean I'm literally In my family, first generation with horn Barbecue, I have family members that have done it. I mean, everybody fires up their their barbecue grills in their backyard, but for what we're doing, I get to kind of create the path that I would like to go. And, you know, hopefully my children follow in that, but we're going to be doing some really cool stuff. You know,
0: this brick and mortar will probably give you more opportunity to expand or experiment Mm. or Mm -hmm. mess around a bit more. What are you excited
2: about? I've been dreaming about this for a while and for it to become a reality, I think just enjoying the moment. But then also I look forward to uh, feeding the people, feeding the community, interacting with people. I mean, I'm sure you guys kind of get the vibe where it's like, Hey, that's, that's Matt's thing. I mean, even with the, when we were feeding the community through the horn initiative, it, it literally brought me joy just to, to be able to do that. And uh, that's the thing with me. I, I like to interact with people and, you know, like I said, you can't make everybody happy. I know there's, you know, experience different situations and or whatever, but I, we, that doesn't deter us from showing people love and uh Horn Barbecue being a reflection of my love, my family's love, and I just look forward to just feeding the people and interacting, and um, creating something positive that may inspire the next generation, because you never know, you know, the younger, some young kid, some young boy or girl may be looking up and it's like, hey, you know what, that's something I aspire to do one day, and I hope that my journey is an example of what you can accomplish, because I never set out to do barbecue, or to be a chef, or, or anything like that, and I know my title is pitmaster, but I tell kids all the time that if you just focus on what it is that you want to accomplish in life and be a student of your craft, there's there's no limit to what you can do. I'm looking forward to getting everybody together and just giving people just some really good food. We're just a humble barbecue joint, and I hope people see that and it's reflected in our food.
1: Well, Thank you for those words of wisdom. For real. For people who might be looking for you, like tell them where the restaurant is and how they could find you
2: yeah, yeah definitely um the web the, the website is www.hornbarbecue.com um, you can find us on instagram Twitter Facebook um, the restaurant is located in West Lo- West Oakland right off of Mandela Parkway just come and you know just all just all come together and in love and enjoy something that is made from love
0: I love Matt horn I hope our listeners love him too based on this interview because he's just The purest, most sincere person (laughs) I've spoken to in so long. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Matt is a friendly Labrador in a human body. Super eager. What you see is what you get. Incredibly kind.
0: As someone with extreme irony poisoning, too, I find that looking at his Instagram is really refreshing because he just posts these things, right? Like pictures of beautiful meat of brisket with these captions oh, yeah. like it's easy to see where you're going when you know where you've come from and it's just so good and the replies are all about the brisket. <laughs> They're just like people yeah, don't right, they don't right. pick up what he's putting down <laughs> and he really earnestly is trying to lay down some of his wisdom and people just want to talk about meat. It's just, like, so interesting.
1: Matt's like, you know, live your best life and believe in yourself. And people are like, that's what's up. What about that meat, though?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like pearls before swine. It's terrible. Ex- These people, Hell they don't man. deserve him.
1: And it's so funny that you point that out so late like, because, like, part of Matt's charm, I think, is that he's built a little bit different than the traditional barbecue guy, which is... Or what you imagine, right? It's just like this beefy-armed, thick-necked, you know, dude sweating over a smoker and, you know, has this methodical approach to it. And what you have with Matt is just, you know, like a young black dude, you know, former football player who, um, you know, posts these, like, inspirational messages on Instagram and has this, like, really great eye for capturing good quality barbecue photos and it's just it's just different you know like there's something all of the pieces don't equate to anything else like there's nothing really you can compare it to aesthetically i think and i think that's part of matt's charm
0: i just think he's great he's so great and it's a good reminder that there are people out there who are not so cynical and awful like me <laughs> Uh, see i'm just letting it out because i'm being canceled right now i can taste it so you
1: might as go go out on a high note on your last episode
0: (laughs) but we really want to thank matt for coming on the show and really being his sincere honest true self really appreciate his vulnerability and just his his meat wisdom
1: so great so so great so that's all we have for today's episode. Thanks again to Matt Horn for being in conversation with us. You can read the transcript of our interview with Matt at sfchronicle.com slash spicy.
0: And remember, I'm serious. We would love to hear any of your questions or voice memos you might have about food, life, or anything else for our Dear Spicy advice segment. So send them along to spicy at sfchronicle.com. I listen to them all and then I cry about it. So thank you for listening. (laughs) Extra Spicy is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Erica Carlos is the producer of the show. If you like the Extra Spicy podcast, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me, Soleil on Twitter at H-O-O-L-E-I-L.
1: And me, Justin Phillips, at JustMrPhillips. You can support Extra Spicy and great journalism by signing up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.